This audio is brought to you by MuslimCentral.com. Dear brothers and sisters, over the last couple of weeks, we've spoken about the idea of questioning sincerity. Two weeks ago, we spoke about questioning one's own sincerity. And then last week, we spoke about the, the danger of questioning the sincerity of someone else. And I ended off that khutbah with a quick note about the words of Imam Sufyan al-Thawri rahimahullah ta'ala where he said that I was forbidden from praying Qiyamul Layl for six months because of a sin that I committed. And the sin that he committed was that he saw a man crying. And I said to myself, he's not crying for Allah, he's crying for something else. And so I felt that I was forbidden from Qiyamul Layl for six months as a result of that sin. And I briefly spoke about this idea of the sin of thought, right? Or what a person would think about. And how in Allah's mercy, the Prophet ﷺ said that in Allah Ta'ala tajawaza an ummati. Allah has overlooked for my ummah. That which crosses their minds, so long as they don't utter it with their tongue, nor act upon it with their limbs. That Allah has overlooked those things. And that Sufyan al-Thawri rahimahullah perhaps was holding himself to a higher standard because you should hold yourself to a higher standard. But the idea of it actually being sinful is debatable here. And I wanted to actually pick up on that note with the difference that the ulama spoke about in that regard between passing thoughts and settled thoughts. And it's an interesting concept and one that is highlighted throughout our books of Tazkiyah. That sin is a process and good is a process. And the process is as following. First you have khawatir, you have passing thoughts. And then after you have a passing thought, if you allow that thought to settle the brain, then it becomes afkar, a fikra, a settled thought. And then after you let a thought settle inside your mind, then eventually it becomes a niyyah, it becomes an intention. And once you intend to say or do something, then it becomes himma, it becomes determination, a sense of determination, particularly when it comes to sin. You'll notice the way that subhanAllah, when you're on your way to do a sin or you're about to commit a sin, sometimes a block happens but you still find a way to do it anyway. Because at that point, you've already intended to commit the deed, and so you're going to do it anyway. And that could be something as simple as the following. You're about to say something, and you're in a gathering, and someone else cuts in and starts saying something else, and that was a gift from Allah to stop you from saying what you were about to say, but you say it anyway. You wait till it comes your turn, or you cut in and you backbite anyway, and you, go, and you make sure that the word is said. So in our nature, because of our hastiness, when we have intended it, then after that intention comes a sense of himma, determination. After that determination comes amal, comes the deed. You actually commit the deed. And then after amal comes ada, comes habit. And so again, it becomes a passing thought, kind of all over the place. A whole bunch of things are crossing your mind at the same time. And then you choose what to settle in your mind. And then after you settle the thought, it becomes an intention to commit. And then after the intention comes the determination to do so. And then comes committing the deed itself. And then comes the repetition of the deed. It becomes a bad habit. 
And the same thing is true when you think about the process of good, right? Except that there might be a bit of a break off between the intention and the determination because sometimes we might intend to do good, but we make excuses to not follow through and do that good. But it's sort of the same thing. You start thinking about it, you know, this is something I should do. You settle it, you make the niyyah to do that good. And then after that, hopefully you develop a himma for that good. You actually are determined to do that good deed no matter what. You commit the good deed and the best case scenario, ahabbul a'mali ilallah, the most beloved of deeds to Allah are the consistent ones, even if they're very small. Now here's something really interesting about how, practically speaking, the first two categories work. Because whether it's sin or a good deed, you want to diagnose the sin early on so that you can stop it from getting out of hand and becoming a bad habit. Or if it's a good deed, you want to nurture that good thought, so that it becomes a good habit. So catching it early is a good thing, whether you're talking about sins or you're talking about good deeds. Now the question of, am I sinful for my thoughts? Which by the way, Christian theologians have been discussing for a long time about the idea of sinful thoughts. And we also have our own notion of what sinful thoughts would be. And last week, when I spoke about what Sufyan al-Thawri rahimahullah said, Imam al-Nawi rahimahullah has an interesting commentary on this. In his chapter on the ghibah of the heart, the ghibah of the heart, the backbiting of the heart, which is what? Su'adhan, negative assumptions, suspicion. If you suspect something enough, if you keep spying, if you keep following someone's flaws and faults, waiting for them to fall, looking into their private affairs, eventually, you're gonna develop an obsession of sorts. And once you start looking through, looking through, looking through, eventually it's like something you have to say to someone, you have to backbite that person. So the ghibah of the heart is at the level of su'adhan, that negative suspicion. And look what Imam al-Nawi rahimahullah said. He said that su'adhan, which is the backbiting of the heart, is just as sinful as speaking it. Interesting. He said, because just like and just like it is muharram, just like an yahrum and to bihi ghayruk, just like it is sinful for you to speak to someone else about it, it is sinful for you and to bihi nafsak, for you to have that conversation with yourself constantly. But then he said, this is not talking about al khawatir. This is not talking about the passing thoughts. This is not talking about the things that just pass through. You see something and you go, oh, and you just kind of move away from it. You don't, want to look, you don't want to entertain it any further. He said, but this is talking about a thought with istiqrar and istimrar. That you settle inside yourself and you continue with yourself. So you engage the negative thinking constantly. And you allow it to settle your mind, you allow it to settle your heart, and you keep on talking about it even to yourself. And you have to cut it off. Now think about this for a moment, because it's a powerful concept, and I'm gonna talk about where the ulama drew the line, how the scholars drew the line and what that means for us, because Imam al-Nawi rahimahullah gives us a clue when he talks about istiqrar and istimrar. Do you let it settle and do you continue with it or do you stop it? Think about this powerful notion for a moment, inshaAllah ta'ala, and go to another hadith. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam said, Whoever intends to do a good deed, or that's how it's translated, but the actual words are man hamma bihasana. Whoever intends to do a good deed and does not do it, then Allah writes down for him the good deed anyway. Right? We know this hadith very well. 
and biha, whoever has the intention to do it, and then does it. Kutibat lahu ashra ila that Allah has written for that person 10, at least 10, up to 700, up to adha'af, up to however much Allah wants to multiply it. So the minimum you get for doing a good deed, for actually following through and doing a good deed, is 10 times that good deed. And that's from the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that's the minimum. If it was done with even more ihsan, then listen to the ihsan of Allah 700 times up to wherever you could imagine or could not comprehend. And then the Prophet said, and whoever, man hamma bi whoever intends to commit a sin and does not follow through and commit that sin, then it's not written, right? But then the Prophet said, whoever intends to do a sin and then commits that sin, how many sins are written down? Just one. Allah will never increase the sin. So it's out of his mercy that Allah increases the reward of the good deed. It's out of his justice that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala never increases the, the degree of the sin, the gravity of the sin. A sin is a sin and it's one sin. A good deed is at least 10, up to 700, up to what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala decides. So the ulama talked about this idea here. So what about that person then who decides to commit a sin, meaning you wanted to say something, you wanted to do something, but you did not follow through. One of the narrations indicates, Tarakaha min ajli. They left off that sin for my sake. So it's not that you were on your way to do a sin or you were about to do it and something else stopped you, but that you developed the resolve along the way to stop committing the sin. And what did the Prophet say happens as a result of that? If a person leaves it off for the sake of Allah, Allah writes down ajr for that person. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala actually writes down one good deed for you. Because you stopped yourself from doing it and that was an entire process. And out of the mercy of Allah, Allah writes down a hasana for you. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala write down a good deed for you. So what does that tell us? You go back to the internal thoughts. And you go back to where a person is thinking about something. Thinking about doing something. Thinking about saying something. When a person is thinking bad thoughts about another person. When a person is engaging in their thought processes. And that entire process is something for us to consider as well. And when Allah Azzawajal revealed, وَإِن تُبْدُوا مَا فِي أَنفُسِكُمْ أَوْ تُخْفُوهُ يُحَاسِبِكُمْ بِهِ اللَّهِ That if you conceal what is in yourselves, or you make it public, Allah will hold you accountable for it. That's when the Sahaba got afraid. They were afraid of what? Al-Khawatir. The passing thoughts, the things that go through, the things that end up in our head all the time, because our heads are constantly processing things. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala put them at ease that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will not burden them beyond their scope. Okay, that Allah azzawajal will not punish them or burden them beyond their scope. And so what this tells us, dear brothers and sisters, is that period between the fatra and the fikra, the passing thought and the settled thought, is a lot more important than maybe we give it credit for. Because if you let things settle in your mind and in your heart, in some way, the hastiness of our human nature is going to come out. Somehow. Because it becomes like a burden at that point that's encapsulated inside of you. Okay, if I'm not going to backbite the person altogether, I'm at least going to throw out some doubt. Right? I'm just going to say something that the other person will get. 
then I'll feel like, oh, I let it out. But that process of not letting it settle in the first place is actually a very important process to not engage something constantly inside of you. And that's why the Prophet gave us all these tools of what? Istighfar, seeking forgiveness from Allah. Isti'adha, a'udhu billahi min shaitan rajeem. As it starts to come to your mind, starts to come to your heart. I don't want to think about a person that way. I don't want to think about committing that sin. I don't want to move forward. No, let me get rid of this. And some of the ulama said, Allah forgives the fikra as well. If the fikra was not acted upon. But the point is, dear brothers and sisters, you catch it early on. And I want to end on this point because it's so important. Imam Ibn al-Qayyim rahimahullah said, the only way, the only way to rule out negative afkar, negative thinking, is to conquer your thoughts. Because Allah has created us in a way, and He described our thoughts like a factory. <laughs> it's constantly in production. We're always thinking about something. Your, your mind is always running in some way, right? And what's the description of the Prophet ﷺ? It's beautiful. Da'imul fikrah. Every time you looked at the Prophet ﷺ, you knew he was thinking about something. He was in deep thought all the time. Da'imul fikrah. The only way to overcome bad thoughts is to occupy your thinking. To actually be very intentional about what you let yourself think about at a, at a regular pace. To engage what you're thinking about more frequently. And to eliminate those thoughts when those bad thoughts start to come in. Just like how we talked about sincerity in the first place. And subhanAllah, this is such beautiful reflection from our scholars, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless them and have mercy on them. When he talks about this idea, a person who is always in fikr, in thinking about Allah, when they intend to do something, they're not gonna have that difficulty of trying to intend sincerely for the sake of Allah that someone else might have because it's a natural transition from their thinking about Allah constantly to their doing for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Whereas a person who's constantly fi kalam nas in the thoughts of other people and in the talk of other people, how is it then that you expect that person to shut off all other people and then when it comes time for worship, they do it for Allah? Because their thoughts are constantly about other people. Make your thinking about Allah and about what's more beneficial with Allah by making your inputs and your thoughtfulness more intentional, more regular, and then the deeds will be more regular as well. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to bless us with pure thoughts, to make us ulul albab, people of purified thoughts, and to make us ulul azm, people of determination towards good. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala purify our thoughts, may Allah purify our deeds, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept them, may Allah make them regular, may Allah keep them sincere, and may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow us to find them on the day of judgment as accepted deeds, and may He magnify them beyond 700, beyond anything that we could possibly imagine. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive us for our shortcomings. May Allah forgive us for our negative thoughts. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive us for our sins, the public ones and the private ones, the consistent ones and the irregular ones, the ones we're aware of and the ones that we are ignorant of. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala purify us from it all. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow us to always be in a state of pleasing Him and in doing good and in thinking good. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us the ultimate reward of good, Jannatul Firdaus, and the companionship of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Allahumma ameen. Aqulu qawli hadha wa astaghfirullah li wa lakum wa risa'ad al-Muslimin fa-astaghfiru innahu al-ghafur rahim. Alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Wa salatu wa salamu ala rasulihi al-kareem wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'een. Allahumma thfir al-mu'minina wa al-mu'minat. 
والمسلمين والمسلمات الأحياء منهم والأموات إنك سميع قريب مجيب دعوات اللهم اغفر لنا وارحمنا واعف عنا ولا تعذبنا ربنا ظلمنا أنفسنا وإن لم تغفر لنا وترحمنا لنكونن من الخاسرين اللهم إنك عفو كريم وتحب العفو فاعف عنا اللهم إنك عفو كريم وتحب العفو فاعف عنا اللهم إنك عفو كريم وتحب العفو فاعف عنا اللهم اغفر لوالدينا رب ارحمهما كما ربونا صغارا ربنا هب لنا من أزواجنا وذرياتنا قرة أعين وجعلنا للمتقين إماما اللهم انصر إخواننا المستضعفين في كل مكان اللهم أصلح أحوال المسلمين في كل مكان اللهم اشف مرضانا ومرض المسلمين في كل مكان اللهم ارحم موتانا وموت المسلمين في كل مكان اللهم أصلح أحوال إخواننا المنكوبين في كل مكان اللهم أهلك الظالمين بالظالمين وأخرجنا وإخواننا من بينهم سالمين عباد الله إن الله يأمر بالعدل والإحسان وإيتاء ذي القربى وينهى عن الفحشاء والمنكر والبغي يعذكم لعلكم تذكرون فاذكروا الله يذكركم واشكروه على نعماء يزد لكم ولذكر الله أكبر والله يعلم ما تصنعون واقم الصلاة